Over the last few years, education and educators have been struggling. Whether it be in the classroom or their personal lives, we can all agree on one thing. Educators are just exhausted. But what does that look like? How can we let the world know how we are feeling, thinking? This is where the Exhausted Educators podcast comes in. We want to hear from educators in the classroom that are exhausted. What is the cause? How are you coping? What can we do to help other educators out there? Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Exhausted Educators Podcast. All right, everyone. Oh, as I dropped the microphone, that's not a good way to start. Welcome to the first episode, ladies and gentlemen of the Exhausted Educators Podcast. This is a bit of a long time coming because I think we all have one thing in common. And as an educator, especially of high school children, I'm exhausted. Everyone is exhausted. So I welcome you. I thank you. You could follow me on Twitter at ZB Pirate. My name is Silas Knowles, aka Robert Knowles, aka whatever you want to call me. But we're here to talk to exhausted educators, sharing their stories, sharing their feelings, sharing their thoughts, and just how do we overcome? How do we do this? How do we make it so we can get better at it? So I have my very first guest. He's a brave man who has decided to come on. We're And the format we're going to do this time, guys, my last podcast, if you guys are listeners of that, is that we had names, we had video, we had everything else, but we never really, oh, and there's email, but we never really had, you know, teachers, like actual teachers come on and really share their stories and share how they're feeling and everything else. So I think this format, we're not going to say this person's name. Now, we'll be honest. You probably can match it up and figure it out and whatever. All well and good. However, you know, I want to make sure we protect the the identity of the guests as best we can. So we're not doing video, but we're going to strictly do audio. But these are real teachers with real problems, with real issues, with real things that are happening to them in the classroom. Basically, like on the front line, what they're going through on the front line of you know, how they they feel, how they are, and whatever the case is. So I have to, with me social studies freshman teacher. How are you doing, social studies freshman teacher? I'm doing good. Middle of the week. It's Wednesday. You know, I'm excited to make it to the end of the week. Oh, my goodness. So middle school or freshman social studies teacher, are you exhausted? Um, so I would say especially this year coming out of COVID, the freshman level is definitely at a low uh, considering a lot of the kids that didn't keep up but got passed uh, through, you know, seventh and eighth grade the last few years uh, when it was all online slash hybrid learning. And it's been definitely been a challenge because a lot of students could possibly be an AP. I got students that are struggling just at a fifth or sixth grade reading level, and it makes it very difficult to do any um, higher learning opportunities such as the fishbowl discussions such as socratic Ooh. method and Ooh. stuff like that so um that's sort of the first thing i'd like to put out there the socratic that, method Ooh, that's a very big word sir right, right. <laughs> and um so that's the first thing that's i guess a little bit of a challenge but just to dive in a little deeper and make it i guess more simple for any of the listeners that maybe aren't you know education jargon whatever you would like to call it um, it's a, definitely a challenge being a teacher when students have that expectation that the teacher is supposed to do the work for you, when in reality, you are not going to learn anything if you don't put any effort into it. 
And uh, I mean, that goes for school. I'm a big athletic oriented person that goes for sports and really any facet of your life. If you're not going to put any effort into it, any focus, any motivation, you're really not going to get anything out of it. And plus with outside of COVID, I mean, we were just talking, you know, how do you feel about being, you know, in a coaching position of some kind? of uh participation trophies are you are you a oh, fan of the participation I am, trophies I am, I am not a fan of the participation <laughs> trophies and to go to your point i think it sends the wrong message to a lot of uh kids a lot of uh, people that have aspirations to you know go play uh, whether it's soccer basketball football badminton bowling whatever it is you know to go and have that confidence to go into the high school level to go into the college level maybe even the pro level or minor leagues whatever you're into but it gives them that false notion that they are reaching milestones, making achievements when really they're just out there trying and someone else is doing all the hard work and, and beating them out. So um, that's something that's just a hard truth that I think a lot of people need to recognize, you know, mm -hmm. in this world, there's winners and losers and um, that's what it is. So coming into this year and this is your first year teaching. So, do you think if it wasn't COVID, it would be any different? I think this year is definitely challenging because of COVID. However, I think depending on the community, depending on the learning environment that is provided by each district, each school, um, that's sort of the trend that follows. So, for example, and this has been happening at, you know, every high school, every uh, middle school, a lot of colleges I've heard as well. And um, uh, one I can jump on right now is the dress code. Is there a dress code? Is there not a dress code? If you don't enforce it day one, is it even going to be enforced when you finally decide to enforce some dress code? I think that's a good starting point. The second starting point, I think, is the setup for a lot of classes. Are you going to enforce any, um, I don't want to say restrictions, but disciplinary action? Or is it just going to be, all right, there's your fourth, your fifth, your sixth, your seventh, your ninth, your tenth warning? I'll finally call mom, but nothing actually happens, you know, substantiary that actually wakes the kid up and kind of, hey, you know, you're going in the wrong direction. Let's, you know, change course. Mm -hmm. So of all this stuff and everything else, do you think, do you think more teachers are are in our similar boat of, of really feeling it this year? Do you think more teachers are like, and if, if you think that, why aren't they talking? Why aren't they letting us know? Why aren't they being more vocal? I think personally, um, teachers are actually one of the few positions, I would say, and you said at the beginning, being on the front lines, that maybe don't receive the support um, that they should be getting. Mm -hmm. And this support can come from a lot of different avenues, such as coming from the administration, such as coming from even students just treating them with respect, and also coming from um, any personal life issues or anything, you know what I mean, where, um, you know, I feel like there's a, a smear on being a teacher nowadays. Like you're just a glorified babysitter at the end of the day. And I don't know when that happened in our society, but um, if that's the case, you know, maybe teachers should be charging at the babysitter rate. I mean, that's could you imagine? Argument. I mean, could you imagine if we charge the babysitter rate, how much wow. we're making? I that mean, would be crazy. 20 kids times what? 12 bucks an hour right. for 180. Even, even just 10 bucks an hour. You still come up with, substantially more than what a lot of teachers uh, make nowadays. I think I saw some of that stuff on Facebook. They actually had like the listing, like okay, right. this times this times this. But then if people think that we're glorified babysitters, I mean, how do we change that perception? I mean, how do we change that 
that viewpoint on teachers to say that we're much, much more. And, and I'm really glad you asked that question. Um, I, I haven't been to a lot of schools um, yet. I'm excited, though, to hopefully get more experience and become the best possible teacher I can be. But I think it starts with, you know, having a connection between the home life and school life. And that means including parents on curriculum decisions, including parents on, hey, here's what's happening in the classroom on maybe not a daily basis, but at least a weekly basis to let them know how their child's doing, to let them know any issues or challenges their child's are facing. And that way there's not a complete, okay, I'm gonna trust the student or the kid, you know, where they come to school and they're making up some scenarios about how bad their home life is or vice versa, saying my teacher just hates me, that's why I'm failing, <laughs> even though maybe they haven't shown up to class 65 times this semester. I think you I know? have a 95er, so. I, mean, I have some way up <laughs> mind boggling. But I mean, and that's the thing. I mean, if if we can, you know, how do you cope with all this? I mean, it seems like you're in the same boat as many other educators. I mean, how do you cope with all this that's put on your back? I mean, my back too, where it seems like we get so overwhelmed, hence being exhausted. How do you cope with that? Um, I think a lot of people have their different outlets. Um, it could be going to talk to someone. That's always a good one. To, but how know, do you how do you do it? For for me personally, I I'm big into exercise. Currently, I was playing in a men's soccer league. I'm looking to join a men's basketball league. I also just like to work out every day, and that's sort of where um, maybe any pent-up aggression from the day. Julie, bam! Uh, <laughs> Bobby, bam! It, uh, it gets out of my system, and I feel a lot better. And uh, Yeah, so that's what I do. By the way, for the listeners out there, there is no Julie or Bobby, so I just want to make yes. sure we, we know. Yes. We know we're just using it for effect for everything else. Um, how do you feel, like, I mean, what is more, because like we, we've seen it. I mean, you know, people have pizza day or donuts in the office or jeans or whatever the case is. Do you think that helps solve giving us like, is that the solution to give us support? Or what do you think is a more long term solution to help support teachers in times like this where we see so many teachers leaving, so many teachers, you know, leaving the profession? What kind of long term support do you think? people should give us administrators or even above administrators like people in the mm -hmm. state what should they give us to support us better so we can keep more teachers in the profession um me personally i think it starts with communication i think communication is key and it has to happen from everyone not just a one-way street so just being upfront and honest and not hiding anything or not um telling the full truth in a way um, that's very important, and I think that is sometimes what pushes teachers out the door, especially their first few years of teaching, where they go to different professions because they find, okay, I've put in all the work, I've done all that you've asked of me, and yet now you're kind of uh, giving me the cold shoulder and going in a different direction or, you know, finding a new candidate for the job you just did without even kind of letting, hey, you're doing a bad job, you know, let's fix this, instead of saying, hey, you're doing a good job and going to find someone new for your job, I guess. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah. well, what else? Um, what else? Um, well, you, you seem like you were going more, so I won't let you, you know, uh, I, I would like let that stretch out. <laughs> uh, could, you, could you repeat the question? I guess I kind of <laughs> lost my, my, my train of thought. What, could, what can people above, ooh, I almost fell down my chair. What can people above, it's from administrators and above, help us with coping with this year being exhausted, being stretched thin, being all these things like, how could how could we keep teachers in the profession instead of letting them burn out 
and actually and actually leave the profession way early than they should be um i think another issue that happens in um you know teaching is a lot of times and it's not for all teachers but some teachers you can kind of tell um they've accomplished accomplished the highest you know uh whether it's pay whether it's being tenured whatever the position or name of it is at that school right and they've essentially are secured in their job until however many years until they decide to retire well the problem with that is now there's less uh checkups and some teachers may get a little um I don't want to use the word lazy, but lazy in a sense where now materials they're using are 10 years outdated, 15 years outdated. It's the same lesson plans. It hasn't been updated with new, you know, ideas or it hasn't been modified to fit the specific needs of that classroom, the maybe, specific personality of that classroom. Maybe comfortable might be a good word. Yeah, like they feel com they've gotten comfortable with their ways, which mm -hmm. is completely fine. However, um, one thing I take to heart in all aspects of life is, you know, you're always a lifelong learner. You've never accomplished a, whether it's, you know, sports, school, um, I don't know, whatever other passions you have, you've never learned everything. You can always learn something new. You can always see it maybe in a different perspective from someone else that has different lived experiences than you. So um, I think that's a second issue where you end up working co-teaching, right, with a teacher that maybe is, hey, this is my stuff. We're using my stuff. You know, you're the new person and, um, you know, that stuff isn't maybe up to date, mm -hmm. I guess would be the best way to say it. So that, that would be the second thing, I guess, communication uh, uh, is the first thing. That would be the second thing. And I would say the third thing is just, you know, I'm going to be honest, is just compensate. So if, you know, teachers are getting the job done, I think, you know, that, you know, if you work for something, you earn the reward. There's no handouts. So we should be hopefully, you know, in all different I don't know, aspects of life, especially education. You want to get the best people that do the best job. So, yeah. Excellent. Excellent. So let's say, um, let's say I'm, I'm a teacher and I'm stressed, which we all are. I mean, let's be right. honest, but let's say I'm really seriously considering leaving. Like, let's say I'm just like social studies, freshman teacher. I'm just, right, man, I'm just so stressed. I, I, I just, I want to leave, man. I want to go. What would you tell that? teacher how to how to handle their situation like what would you let them know what would your advice be to that teacher who could be a first-year teacher a 10-year teacher a 20-year teacher that is just because of the, the the time frame we're in is just done what would you tell that teacher uh, my first and uh, foremost advice and i learned this actually kind of the hard way is you got to take care of yourself before you can take care of other people mm -hmm. so you need to figure out whatever your system is whatever your routine is how can you be ready to go each day and come in with hopefully a positive mindset. If not positive, at least leave maybe some of your own personal issues or um, maybe if you're feeling down, some of that emotion, you know, at the door and get ready to help these students and meet their specific needs. Uh, on another note though, if you're just really ready to, to leave, I think finding what works for you best and finding different ways or different avenues to not just meet new people, but grow your social network, I think is extremely important in today's age where um, I think there's, we're gonna see in the next decade or so, a lot of changes as to the requirements of certifications that you need for teaching jobs. I feel like because of the teacher shortage, um, they're probably going to lower the standard if, if I'm being honest, as well as, you know, in corporate life, I'm learning through, you know, peers of my own that aren't teachers 
You know, there's jobs that are being taken by people that technically shouldn't be qualified because they don't have the correct certifications. However, they have a great, you know, personality, they're competent, they know what they're doing, and they're able to fill those positions without the, you know, qualifications that are required. I think that's 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 a good because I think, you know, you're you're a viewer of TikTok. I'm sure everyone's a viewer right. of TikTok. And I, I truly believe that with TikTok, you know, you always want to see what you know, if you really want to see how life really is, you just watch TikTok for like five minutes. And you can see. But you, you see like they, they talk about like the, the janitor is going to be the new substitute with all our with other things or the bus yeah, driver yeah. or this. And it's just like ugh, just like it's just it, you just you, you hope that teaching for the best is going to survive this right. time frame, I guess, this this lull. And the only thing and I'm sure freshman social studies teacher and myself, I think the, the one thing we can say with complete certainty is, is that if you are feeling in that kind of position, if you are feeling in that kind of way, just take a step back and realize you're there for the students. We're there for students. That's pretty much it. I mean, I get it. We all have our lives and we have things. We have financial responsibilities and we all have financial needs or of ourselves. But, you know, you, you took this job to help students and to connect with students in a certain way and just take that in consideration before you make your final decision. If you're looking to leave, we, we never want to see anyone leave any type of position like that because students need us now more than ever. And I'm sure uh, my, my teacher friend here and myself, we've seen it, you know, all over the place where, you know, I think students need us more and more, but it's not about the content. It's about the relationships we form and the social emotional. So. But uh, I look and I'm looking at my time. I think we're, we're good on time. Uh, freshman, so, freshman social studies teacher, I do appreciate your time and sharing some of your thoughts today on exhausted educators and how it how we're all exhausted and everything. So I appreciate your time. Is there anything you want to leave? Uh, no, with? just um, thanks for having me on. It was a blast. And I look forward to, you know, listening to the podcast and hearing some more um, perspectives on, you know, exhausted teachers. So definitely, guys, once we get this posted, there will be a link for anyone who wants to be a part of the show uh calendly link so please look at that at the end of the podcast and if you want to be a future guest on the show i have a few friends that i can have on but you know if you want to you know share your story and let us you know talk about you know your time right now as a teacher in the classroom so people can hear the stories and hear what we do and you know people always make assumptions of what we do but actually hear what we do and you know, maybe if we all start listening to each other on the teacher side, then maybe we can start finding solutions. So my name is Silas Knowles. This is the ZB Pirate, and this is the Exhausted Educators. We will see you guys next week.